Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Supervalue Insurance. Offering sound advice for your car, home and travel insurance needs. First this morning, though, Dean Rock recently announced his retirement from Dublin football. He has eight All-Ireland medals. He is Dublin's all-time leading scorer. He overtook Dad Barney, who was also the darling of Hill 16 in his day and a fine free taker for Dublin. Well, I'm delighted to welcome both Dean and Barney Rock to studio this morning. Morning to you both. Good morning. I feel like I'm in kind of royalty here at the moment. Let's start with family. Dean, where do you come in the family? Yeah, so I'm I'm bang in the middle. Um, I've four sisters, I've two older and, and two younger. So uh, I've been growing, grow, grew up in a household of women uh, looking after me uh, throughout my childhood and, and, and still looking after me today. Spoiled rotten, actually. Absolutely spoiled rotten, yeah. From a young age, Barney, did you take them all to training? Like at what age would you have taken the eldest girls? Well, certainly the sport back then, there was great sport in, in the area. Uh, there wasn't any Gaelic football for ladies back then. It really mm. took off in the, in the noughties. Uh But certainly back then they would have went to matches. We, you know, on a Sunday afternoon or Saturday evening when we'd be playing, the girls would just come along. And uh, when Dean came along back in uh, 1990, you know, it was at that stage I retired and I just moved into playing and, and training teams. And Dean would always come along. When he was young, I often wonder this. Was his talent there very young? Like, did you know he was a good player when you took him to training as a little boy? It's always very hard to know because like, he would have went training from the age of maybe seven with Ballymont Kickhams, himself and James McCarthy or, uh, within two days of each other's birthdays. So, and it was that team that would have evolved and both Dean and James, they would have evolved in that, in that setup at that stage. And of course, Dean, you were also very good at rugby. Was it hard to choose, he smiles, but was it hard to choose when you're young between the two? Yeah, I played rugby. I wouldn't say I was um, <clears throat> brilliant at it, but no, yeah, no, I played, I went to school in CUS and uh, Leeson Street and played played rugby for, for six years there and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Played junior cup rugby and, and senior cup rugby and played full back. So it was a lot of catching and kicking. So it was a lot of transferable skills to obviously Gaelic football and it's something I enjoyed. I, I, like I managed to be able to mix, mix the two while playing for Dublin Miners and, and CUS senior rugby team but uh, yeah it looks very enjoyable but it certainly was I was always better at the, the Gaelic football than the rugby but certainly something that I'd uh, I don't think I'll go back and play now it's a bit too bit too <laughs> physical for me now that I've retired but uh, yeah no it was something that I certainly enjoyed and it's, it was nice to balance up the two different sports growing up And you Barney you were a very good soccer player as well like this is kind of a lot of talent here at different kinds of football and didn't you get a trial in England? I did. Uh, I used to play soccer with Stella Maris. Back in our day, it was only Gaelic and soccer. Uh, the rugby wasn't really for us, uh, but certainly I played the soccer. I was a goalkeeper, so it suited me a bit like Dean. I was a catcher and I was a kicker, So, and I used to practice the kickouts, and that's the way I used to practice my freeze as well. So, so there's always a, a method to the madness, really, in them particular days. And of course, The Rock's going back. You've, you're kind of like Croke Park royalty. Tell me about your granddad and his sons. Tell us about that connection. Yes, and well, they lived in Russell Avenue, uh, right beside Croke Park. And um, William, uh, my grandfather, he would have been the man with the bowler hat back 
in the day when they carried the ball out to the referee before the start of the match the Archbishop would have got it and certainly with the hurling ball as well and he also would have collected the balls behind Hill 16 to goals whereas if we went wide he would always throw the balls back out so he was there me, me father and his brothers would have all been involved whether it be during the Stuarts uh, the gatemen um, there was Joe who would have been uh, the man that was after the dressing rooms and we were lucky that both of us played in all Ireland finals and Joe happened to be in those dressing rooms at that particular stage. And the other uncles used to be doing the scoreboards at each end. And of course, the name rock, you know this yourselves, like it's a pretty cool name, especially for banners and headlines. And I suppose Barney is the rock they'll perish on, never mind Dino. What does the hill mean to you both? To you first, actually, Dean. Um, yeah, look, look. obviously growing up as a kid, it's it's, it's what you want to do. You want to be... Uh, you know, playing in summer football in Crow Park in front of a full a full house in, in, in Croker with, with, with the Hill 16 obviously singing your name. So that's obviously the dream and aspiration and obviously to go and to, to live it and to, it was usually amazing. Like it was just an incredible experience and something that you'd always, you know, have and you, you build up a good rapport and relationship with a lot of Dublin supporters down through the years and you recognise people by faces. Obviously there's, there's too many names to remember but it certainly brings back, you know, great memories now and it's something that you'll always have and um, yeah, look, it was nice this year when the final was over kind of went to the Hill 16 with my daughter Sadie and my wife and Eve and it was a, yeah. a nice moment and some good pictures you'll always have forever but yeah there's there's certainly a, a special so special connection between Dublin supporters and, and, and the players and that's something that certainly helped us with our, our success over the years It's amazing to watch and for you Barney what does the Hill mean to you? I was great great energy from the Hill um, we didn't really play too many times in Crow Park. It nearly always would be maybe a Leinster final. Uh, you would also then maybe get the All Ireland semi final and the All Ireland finals. But back in our day, we didn't play as many matches as the present team plays. Um, and you know, back then the dressing rooms were on uh, Cusick stand side. Yeah. So when we came out, we were always in the the Dublin uh, the Hill Sixteen end. So it was it was fantastic, and the roar that you would got when you c- come out was just stand the hairs in your neck at that particular stage. Absolutely. Now, I want to talk to you both about the pressure of free-taking. Like, it's so stressful to even watch it. But I can't imagine what it's like for you two. Let's listen first to this. Dublin have the ball with 90 seconds to go. The sides are level in the All-Ireland Final. Dear McConnelly trying to work his way through. He's got a free, Connolly. There were two Mayo players who came towards him. Joe McQuillan, the referee, in the perfect position. And it's now down to Dean Rock. The free will be... It's about 37 metres, maybe with the angle it's 40 metres, kicking into the canal end. One of the uh, Mayo players, I think it's Dermot O'Connor, has gone across just to have a word with Dean Rock to make him really think about this even more. He missed a few in the first half. The sides are level. The six minutes are now gone as Rock runs up to the ball, sends it high up into the air. Dean Rock, it's gone over and Dublin lead. The six minutes are over. Perhaps there will be one more chance, one more chance for Mayo to launch an attack. Dean, that was the 2017 All-Ireland Final and you were level with Mayo. You kicked that to win the match. What goes through your head at that moment? Like, I was stressed watching you, but like, what's going through your head? Yeah, I think initially you obviously understand the, the context of where the game is at. It's 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 a level game. It's probably one of the last kicks of the game. So I think the first thing that I, I remember from that is just obviously acknowledging that, that look, this is an opportunity to, to win the All-Ireland, something that you've always wanted to do. But then, then it's quickly just to shift back into your own process mindset. And I remember Jason Sherlock would have ran on at the time just to say, OK, back into the zone now, into your process. And I think that the big thing was just to acknowledge it and 
you know, confronted first and foremost that it was a kick to win the All Ireland. And once I had done that, it was just pretty much back into my own routine and my process. And it sounds quite simple, but obviously that takes a lot of practice and a lot of work through years of years of just you know practicing in in, in whatever pitch I'm at, and you're preparing as if you're kicking for an All Ireland final kick. And that's kind of how I practice day in day out. And when the opportunity then does come. You're you're pretty much ready because you you've done it through, throughout your whole life, kind of growing up for that moment. So, yeah, it was very much just sticking to my own routine and my process and letting the rest look after itself. My my my, my free taking would have evolved through the years. I would have done an awful lot with Dave Allred and would have done a bit with Johnny Sexton. So there would have been lots of you know mm. different. There's different synergies obviously between the games, but when it comes to goal kicking and place kicking, there's lots of similarities that you can share with each other. You know. And of course, you learned from the best from your dad beside you. When you, for instance, watched Dean, your son at that moment, taking that free, are you nervous for him? Um, I wouldn't say nervous for him. Um, I, I've always seen Dean kick the free and I would always have the ability uh, to think that he, he will kick it. You know, certainly yeah. there, were, there wasn't that much in it. was 40 yards out, so a little bit to the side. An easy kick, he's <laughs> That's me no credit here at all. So it was an ideal side for us. Uh, but as a transport, it was the last kick and it was the most important kick. But, um, you know, certainly um, I wouldn't be nervous. Certainly his mother, Kathleen, she would yeah. be nervous, you know. But uh, from my side of it, uh, not really. Can can Kathleen watch it? Like, does she cover her eyes? Like, c- can she actually bear to watch those free kicks? No, I'd say the eyes were covered. You know, and the head was <laughs> torn a different way. She might t- turn on that particular day, turn towards till sixteen, and uh, once the the crowd roared, then she'd have an idea that was gone over the bar. Club matters so much. Like in your case, Ballymun, right? And so many of Ballymun have gone on to play for the Dublin team. How important is club to you? Yeah, look, it, it's huge. Look, I'm, I'm probably at the stage now where. I'm I'm back to the club now, and that's where it all began, and that's where it, it'll all finish for me. And uh, it, it's I'm at a position now where at least I'm going back. I'm I'm fit and healthy, and I, I want to contribute to the club as much as I possibly can, both on and off the pitch, and and just kind of give back because we've been very fortunate in in with Ballymun. We've so many representatives playing for for Dublin, so it's certainly been um, extremely good time for the club. But like Ballymun Kickhams is a very very small club in comparison to mm. lots of our, I suppose rivals in, in in North County Dublin or, or the North Dublin area in the FINA would be monstrous in comparison to Ballymun Kickham. So we're always sort of trying to, you know, look, look for more players to come to the club. But we, you know, we make the most of what we get. And um, look, I think the, the club has lots of plans for the future in terms of building yeah. new facilities and stuff like that. So it's it's vitally important in Ballymun too, because obviously there's lots of distractions there. So the more sport you can get to, the youths to engage in obviously the better the better for them too Absolutely and of course Barney you came into Dublin at the tail end of those glorious Kerry Dublin golden years my late father was a Kerry man but it was 1983 that you won your All-Ireland against Galway that was the famous game I think where you finished with 12 men does it matter what people say about say the dirty dozen when you've got an All-Ireland medal in your hand I think the most important thing is about winning the game and I think on that particular day, it was just one of those days that even the weather wasn't great um, and the referee had a hard job. Uh, unfortunately, we had three players sent off and God, we had one. But uh, but once you come out the right end of it, you know, one eleven or one ten to one nine or eight, uh, it was it was great. And I think that was the most important thing um, yeah. on it, yeah. 
And of course, Brian Mullen, he was a colossus. It must have been a big shock for you and for everyone when he left this world. Certainly was. You know, to me, he was the best midfielder we've ever played with because we're totally different to the present team. But certainly Brian could hold his hand with anybody. You know, himself and Jack O'Shea had some great battles uh, over the years. But uh, with Brian, um, when you consider in 1980, he uh, was in a car crash and part of his leg, he had to grow two, two inches of a bone. He went to New York, came back three years later. And I probably would say that uh, if we hadn't got Mullins in 83, we might have found it hard to win those, that All-Irelands and go on to play Kerry in two, two further All-Irelands. Yeah. He was that important to us. Uh, he was an unbelievable player. And Christine, you give other players hope as well because it wasn't always plain sailing. Like you've had this glorious career in Dublin, but initially, I think you know Jim Gavin spotted your potential, but Pat Gilroy sometimes would leave you off. So you succeeded, didn't you? Yeah, despite look, all of that. Yeah, it was obviously every every player has their own unique story. But for me in particular, I, I I probably would have been on the Dublin panel. I would have been on Dublin panel in two thousand nine as an 18, 19 year old thinking that geez, I've, I've nearly made him on the senior team at that age mm. or so many years to look forward to but I didn't play again for Dublin until 2013 so it was four years of pretty much not not being selected not being deemed good enough and that's obviously it's hard as a, as a kid growing up when all your aspirations or dreams are to play for Dublin and you obviously question a lot whether you might mm. make it again but I was really determined just that I, I knew I could and I was just waiting for the, the right opportunity or the right man to, to come in. Unfortunately, I didn't probably have the, the, the characteristics or the style of play that was suited to the manager at the time in Pat Gilroy, but Jim Gavin, who I obviously would have played with as an under-21 manager growing up, um, he knew what I was about and, and when he got when he got appointed for the job in 2013, I came in and the rest is, is pretty much history after that. Is it hard for you, was it hard for you to watch him on the bench? And it is, yeah, because you're always wondering just if he's war- warming up or if he's going to come on, you know. But certainly, uh, once he got in and the, the golden period was from 15 to, to 20, uh, it was that particular period that, uh, you know, certainly Dean excelled. Um, and certainly when they hit three in a row, going on to four or five, you know, that's when he really propelled himself up. And, uh, you know, fair, fair play to him because he put in the work mm-hmm. and he got the results. We mentioned earlier the free-taking, how it was different in the different days. But what do you see, Barney, is the main difference between the game now that Dean's been playing and the game you played? Is it the professionalism? Is it the training? I mean, they don't even take a pint. You probably did take pints. Yeah, you know, I was about to say <laughs> that because back in our day, after a match or even before uh, maybe a, a Leinster final or an All-Ireland semi-final, you'd have a few fellas that would be going south side on our team and uh, I won't mention them but they <laughs> might pop in for maybe a burger or that on the way home uh, but back in our day you'd only get uh, milk and biscuits after training whereas the lads here get four, four course meals mm-hmm. so and all that but it's when you, when you look back in the style of play now mm. compared to, to our time a lot of the lads are just so so fit they, um, they, yeah. they, they tend to watch what they eat um, and I think that's that's a credit to them and it's it's getting them to last a little bit longer too. Yeah, mind you, you look pretty fit yourself, Barney. In other words, you mightn't have had all the four course meals, <laughs> a few burgers in your day. Dean, to decide to step away from Dublin, that was a huge decision. Obviously, you would have spoken to your wife and everything, but can you remember discussing it with your dad, that decision to retire? Yeah, we would have had, we would have went for coffee a few times and he probably tried to talk me out of it 
out of retirement the odd time but no I think after a while he understood that the reasons for doing it and um, certainly it was just it's just the right time the right mm-hmm. time for me to, to leave and to, to obviously exit the stage it's, a, it's not really an age thing it's it's more just a, a lifestyle thing and mm-hmm. you know life is busy young family and, and work commitments and then I want to go back to the club and be able to add real value as opposed to potentially maybe going back in a year or two when the body's that little bit sore and you can't give back as much as you'd like so it's a different um, it's, a di- it's totally a different a different regime it's going to be a different schedule for me going forward but I think my body is, is kind of liking the slower pace of things at the moment because yeah. obviously the club stuff doesn't really get going until the end of the summer so you can kind of time your own that little bit more so yeah I'm, en- I'm enjoying myself I'm enjoying going back to the club of course you're going to miss you miss the lads you're going to miss the I don't think you'll miss the, the cold nights now in January <laughs> or February but you're certainly going to miss the summer days in Crow Park and you know a full house in, in Crow Park that they're the days that you're you're certainly going to miss but look it's you know I just have to be very happy with what I've achieved and what I've done and uh, you know I certainly am at peace with my decision and well, yeah I'm quite content Were you surprised when he told you Barney and did you try to talk him out of it? Uh, no I, I would have said to him certainly um, was he sure you know but you know in hindsight as it is you know, <laughs> times, you know, but uh, as much as you want to keep going you've got to look at your body too and you've got to say right and he looked at all the angles and uh, decided himself that yeah it was the time was right for him at this stage, going back to the club, I think it's good because you're going back at he'd be 34 years of age when he plays his first club game. Now he might get four or five. I played when I went back to the club from Dublin. I ended up playing till I was 43. Fantastic. I don't. I can't see Dean play so till I've 43. Got, I've still got 10 years, nine <laughs> yeah. years left. Yeah, so Let me start my career. <laughs> so from that point of view, but I know. Listen, and just going back to Ballymun, it, the amazing thing about Ballymun Kickhams is that uh, of a club and of players. They've the most All Ireland medals in the club of any team in Ireland. Isn't that you amazing? Know, certainly yeah. in football, you know, and you look at the Kerry teams. Now the glory era of the last ten years has really propelled that. But it's it's a great thing for Ballymun, such a small club, to have that. You know, but they have that as a uh, in the records. And of course, your wife's a great player, Neve McAvoy, really elegant player. Can you remember where you met her? I do. Yeah, we <laughs> met at the GA camp in Clanagale, Fontenoy, in the summer of twenty. 20- 14 so uh, that's where we first met and uh, yeah pretty much <laughs> it gathered momentum fairly quickly after that and yeah look Neve was a great player and would have played you know that that sort of era with, with the, the ladies game mm. and, and, and getting massive attendance at Crow Park and that coincided with our success and their success so we had a mass, ma- magic time over the last number of years and like Neve's five All-Irelands um, like I've eight and so Poor Sadie's under a bit of pressure now. Just going to say, poor little. How old is she now? She is one and a half. One and a half. Pressure on Sadie. Pressure already. Well, I had as a kid growing up with with him after we won all Ireland. So I can I can only imagine what it'd be like for for poor Sadie. But uh, were you aware when you were growing up how famous your dad was as a footballer? Ah, yeah, Yeah. no, no, definitely, yeah. Because look, obviously, I've had the great privilege of going to Crow Park. As a kid, to all the games, we would have been down the dressing rooms, would have been going up. Dad would have been commentary with mm. Michal back in the days, and yeah. I would have been there. And you know, everyone would come up to Dad would just they'd always acknowledge me and say, "Is he going to be as good as you?" Type thing. So yeah, you certainly would have been well aware of the esteem he was held in and the type of player he was. And the odd time he put on the old video cassette, could watch some of his games. <laughs> you know? Don't didn't have YouTube back then; it wasn't yeah. as accessible. Those free kicks. Yes. Um, some listeners will know, Dean, you've had a long association with Stewart's Care, a disability service. You work there, you coach there. How important was that work for you? 
yeah, it was, it was a massive thing for me and it was mm. it was something that I obviously, I got into through doing a sports science degree in, in, in DCU. And uh, yeah, I loved my time there. I was there for probably about five years between coaching all the, the service users there and coaching the Special Olympics athletes and then obviously going into a role as a fundraising manager. So it was certainly a fulfilling job and it was, it, it was nice to, to give back and I enjoy going back there now that I've I've moved on to different career path. But uh, yeah, some great memories there and uh, I still get all my good luck cards from, from all the service users and stuff for different yeah. games. And uh, yeah, it's a special, special place in, in my heart and it always will be, you know. And of course, I heard last weekend you with Des Cahill doing some punditry on the club final. Yes. And you mentioned earlier, of course, Barney, you did some punditry too, of course. Is that something you'd like to develop, Dean? Will we see more of you on radio and studios like this and TV? Yeah, certainly. I think that's the path I, I want to go down in terms of co-commentary in games. It's certainly something I feel I would be pretty good at in, in terms of giving a different a different perspective to the listener and stuff like that. So I think that's the, the route I certainly want to go down. So hopefully we'll do a bit more of that in the summer. And finally, can I ask you both about, I suppose, leaving on your own terms? You did that, Dean. You made the decision you wanted to leave. Um, is that easier than, I think, in your case, Barney, you felt you weren't quite ready to leave Dublin when you did? Yeah, no, I probably left uh, under Paddy Cullen at that particular stage. Now, Paddy turned around and after us being, being beaten in the four in a row, uh, he turned around and said, listen, we're not moving forward yet at the minute you know, I was only 31 at that particular stage mm-hmm. um, and I felt I had more so um, I like Dean I just kept, went out and just played with the club played very very well with them but on that particular stage Dublin got to three or four All-Irelands in a row and they were happy with their panel so but that's the way it is that was the look of it you know, mm-hmm. mine came at the end so it's but you know you just take the good with the bad and finally finally I mean you've both had glorious careers how much does the game mean to you both as part of your lives? Oh well look I think you'd only ever look back fondly on the on, on the GA and, mm. and Gaelic football for myself and dad in particular it's it's brought me personally some of the best days of my life and some just incredible memories and not just for me obviously for my sisters for nephews nieces my mum it's been incredible and, and that, that would be a big void to fill this this summer because obviously we're Dublin supporters but at the same time the girls had invested interest with me participating and playing so that would, that would be tough this year to, to maybe you know go to games and not have someone to maybe cheer on but ultimately we're we're Dublin people and Dublin supporters and we'll continue to support the dubs and, and the games going forward but yeah such a positive experience in my life Gaelic football and I'm very thankful for it it was a real pleasure to talk to you both today. You're both lovely pleasure. people. Barney, Dean Rock, I wish you the very best in your you. retirement from the yeah. game. And Barney, thank you so much. Thanks, Miriam. Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1. And one broken-hearted Kerry listener goes, Dennis and Killarney, Dean and Barney Rock broke our hearts over the years, but best of luck for the future to them both.